Parents, is your teen college ready? Are you feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, or excited about your teen applying to college? Do you know what colleges are looking for? And if your kid gets in, do you know what you'll pay for it? College admission has never been so competitive or expensive. Shelly Howard will take you on a journey to help you and your teen get college ready. Now here's your host, Shelly. Hello, this is Shelly Howard with College Ready and Parents is Your Teen College Ready. Today I have a wonderful guest I can't wait to share with you, Gwyneth Jackaway. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. So listeners, such a timely topic. We're going to be talking about digital media, kids, their phones, their tablets, all those things that make us crazy as parents. So Gwyneth, before we jump in, can you give our listeners a little bit of your background, please? Sure, my pleasure. Um, I'm a media historian by training. So I studied American history and I have a few graduate degrees in communication. And I mentioned the two degrees because I'm interested in the impact of new media on the human experience, all the way from the alphabet to the internet. Every time we invent a new way to communicate, the experience of human life changes because communication is so key to our lives. Um, I spent almost 30 years on the faculty at Fordham University in the Department of Communication and Media Studies where I talked about these kind of issues with a lot of college students. And um, while I was busy with college students, I started to realize that a lot of them were not arriving in our classrooms college ready. So um, after a wonderful experience teaching, I decided it was time to move um, out of the classroom and, and into the world so I can make a bigger difference by teaching some of what I used to cover in the classroom to a broader audience and help families navigating the challenge of parenting in this digital age. Wonderful. Yeah, the mini degrees, the college professor, you are definitely the person we want to talk to as parents because we want our child to be successful when they get to their professors. So let's start with a question that most students want to know. I always start with the student first. So this is an easy one. When you were a teenager, did you know you would be doing what you're doing right now? Well, I I couldn't possibly have imagined that I would be talking about digital media because there were no digital media back then. I wanted to be a teacher as a small child, so I knew that part, but now I'm teaching very different kinds of things in a very different context. But no, and you know, I understand your point being There are jobs coming and careers and technologies that we can't even imagine. So when I was 17, I would never have pictured talking to you through a computer about cell phones. None of that was a possibility. And that I love parents to hear, right? I mean, our listeners probably didn't think they were going to do what they're doing but yet our our children are being asked to pick a major, pick a career at 15, 16, 17, 18. And it's frustrating for them. But when we look back at our own lives, 
I haven't had one guest who is doing exactly what they thought they would be doing at 17. So I always think that's an interesting way to start. Now, maybe we can share with families a little bit about the app. Um, there's an app called Carrots and Cake, right? What is it? How does it help students? If it's an app and we don't want them on technology, that kind of doesn't make sense to me. Maybe you can help our parents understand. Sure. Uh Thanks for the question. So uh, in addition to my various roles as a digital wellness educator, um, I work as a parent educator for a company called Carrots and Cake. And a way to understand the name of it is, remember that famous uh, parenting advice, maybe some of your listeners give it themselves, finish your vegetables before you have dessert. So the idea behind Carrots and Cake, it's an app that you, uh, for parents, it's called, it's a parental control app. Um, it's aimed at parents uh, of children who are between three and 10 or 12. So um, I know that many of your listeners have teens, but they may have some younger ones in the house as well. So it's to be downloaded onto the phone or your on, on, uh, iPad, and then it allows the parent to have some control, to have control over what the child is, in, is engaging with. One of the purposes of the app is to encourage learning before playing, to encourage the young person to engage in lower dopamine activities. And I can explain that's more in a moment um, before the high dopamine hit of a game or a YouTube video or something that might be um, more stimulating and engaging. And so you can set it up, for example, they have to do 10 minutes of Duolingo or 10 minutes of Khan Academy, and then they can have however much time on their favorite play site, whatever that is. It also turns off the internet on the device with the exception of whatever approved sites and the parents has um, set ahead of time. So that keeps the little ones from wandering freely on the internet where they don't belong. And it gives parents the freedom when necessary to hand their child an app if you're in an airplane or a restaurant or you need to have a Zoom call and you're at home and you need them to be quiet, but it can uh, take care of some of the mom guilt. <laughs> where you feel like, oh, I shouldn't give my kid a pad, but I really need to make dinner or whatever it is. And this way, the app steps in as technology police, and that can be a nice break to get out of that role. And you can feel confident that what your child is doing online is already approved and safe. And then after the amount of time for their cake time, it's over, it turns off and then it's time up and then they have to do something else. I love that. Any any so, questions? <laughs> yeah, the, the big question is why wouldn't this work for teenagers? So uh, it certainly could work. Uh, this particular product, the parents who founded it have younger kids themselves. And as their girls get older, perhaps they will adapt to the app for teens. Um, you know, honestly, by the time kids are teens, they can often find their way around in the inside of a phone. And maybe, you know, <laughs> uh, it could be, and a teen could use the app to 
do self-control for themselves. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they could, for example, set it up that they can't play their favorite game or go on Instagram or go on TikTok until they do their homework. They, they I believe that the technology could be used that way. Um, but your idea is, you know, is on the right track, which is that in order for teenagers to get college ready, they need to develop some healthy habits with their device use. So um, they might use technology. There's various other technologies that are aimed at adults um, or teens that may feel a little more visually age appropriate because carrots and cake is set up, you know, with bright colors and it's pretty clear that it's for little kids. So some teens might be turned off to that, but there are various adults uh, adult-oriented apps, maybe you've seen them where, you know, they're they're marketed more as productivity apps where you can lock yourself out of yes. your favorite sites so that you have to get your work done. So the same idea is what's relevant, which is to learn how to keep your technology use in balance and prioritize some time each day when you're doing the stuff you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> whether it's work or um, learning, uh, you know, whatever it is that you need to be doing, and then also keep your digital playtime uh, contained and balanced and controlled. Um, I have lots more to say on this topic, but- um, Yeah, let's talk breath. about, yeah, let's talk about that for a moment because why is this important? Obviously you, you have a passion, you have a, a, a focus, you have knowledge, but maybe, maybe, I don't know if it's true, but maybe people are out there going, what is the problem with my kids, kids spending so much time? I know it made me crazy. That was like, just, I was looking for a fight every time I said, is your homework done? Why are you on your phone? Right. So maybe you can speak to why we need to protect our children from themselves. <laughs> well, Ultimately, it's not from themselves. It's from a, a trifecta of powerful industries that are not interested in our kids' well-being. Silicon Valley, Madison Avenue, and Wall Street. So when you say protect them from their from themselves, we all have um, there are there is a reason that so many of us are so compelled and drawn to stay engaged with these platforms, and I can explain it in a minute. Um, but when parents are having a power struggle with their kids, it's a kind of proxy power struggle because the real enemies, so to speak, are big corporations with lots of research dollars, and you know they're drawing from neuroscience and psychology and sociology and behavioral economics to keep our attention on the screens as long as possible, right? In the world of media marketing, right? This is known as engagement, right? They wanna promote engagement. And they have figured out, right? What draws our attention? Scary things, shiny things, sensational things, things that make you say, oh my God, did you see this? And then you share it to somebody else or, you know, if TikTok videos, whatever it is that captures your attention and the more time you spend on the platform, the more the algorithm learns what you like and then it feeds you more of that back. And we also know that more and more extreme content pulls people in even more. So, 
there's many problems with that, but one of them for young people um, is digital distraction. So if you can't get your homework done, you're, you're, that sense of feeling compelled by the device, that sense of being helpless to you know, be away from it, that's a, that's, a, that's a very detrimental habit, right? And there are important ways to help young people find some balance. Um, one of the roles that I play in my life is I help students with college application essays. And as you probably are well aware, these are essays where they get to tell a story about who they are and their vision for their life or why they're pursuing their education. And something that I found when I was a professor, and now I see it also in helping students with these college application essays, is when you ask young people, what are you really passionate about? Who do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to have? I mean, honestly, they've not been asked those questions, at least in their academic paper writing. Maybe an English professor or two might have invited them to write something like that, but most academic writing is very different. In order to know the answer to that question, you need to have some time with yourself. If your brain is constantly on the receiving end of this intense barrage of digital stimulus and you don't have quiet time away from the screen and you don't have time to cultivate hobbies or go for a run or take a walk in the quiet, you know, it's harder to know who you are. You have to make some space for that. Wow. Um, I can. I, wow. <laughs> I'm just going to go. Wow. Okay. I, parents, I hear you. Every time I get in a meeting with a, a potential client, the number one thing I hear is frustration from the parent's point of they don't know their major, they don't know their career, they have zero financial literacy, right. they don't have a clue how much things cost. Like they don't, they don't, they don't. And I talk about how we do it with a passion with purpose project by serving their community. They figure, do I like music? Do I like math? Do I like people? Do I like young people, old people? What, what do I like? And it, it puts them in a situation that they think they're serving their community because they need community service hours. But what I want parents to know is they're figuring out who they are and what matters to them. And that's what colleges want to know. Correct. Well, that's certainly one of the things that colleges want to know. They also want to know that once you get there, you'll be able to actually handle the challenges, right? And so, as I mentioned, that's part of why I started to feel like I can make a bigger difference talking to younger people. I go into high schools and talk about digital wellness or talking to parents because there's a number of reasons that young people are arriving at college lacking the college readiness skills. and um, how do I want to say this? Digital wellness, which I'd like to explain a little further, but digital wellness thinks about um, our technology use in the context of health, right? And so if a young person has some time to get to know themselves in a more balanced way, they won't have the same shock when they get to college and their parents aren't there looking over their shoulders anymore. So part of what it means to raise a teen who's ready to, who is college ready, is to help them cultivate their relationship with themselves, mm -hmm. have some healthy, balanced habits. And 
So, <clears throat> um, as I mentioned, I'm a, a digital wellness educator. One of the things I did during COVID was um, a training in that realm as a communication professor. Um, you know, I knew a lot about the theory, but this is a, a kind of newer discipline, digital wellness, and it frames our relationship with technology in the terms of health. So we need enough food, we need enough sleep, we need enough exercise, we need time with others, we need time alone. Um, and we need to think about these technologies as a health issue. They're not necessarily bad for us. They're a tool. With tools, we can, you know, you can, <laughs> I like to say, you know, you can use a knife to make dinner, do surgery, commit murder. It's a tool. So these technologies are marvelous. They connect us. They can help young people find their communities, other people of similar interests. But there's a lot of downsides, too. And we haven't even talked about the content, but even the amount of time that we spend looking at screens, there are various problems. If you're never looking up at another person, then you don't have good face-to-face -face communication skills. When they go off to college, they're gonna need to find a community and make friends. If everyone's walking around looking at their screen all the time, nobody connects. Um, I have a college-age son, he's a senior, and, um, you know, he, of course, heard me go on about this a lot. And, um, you know, I will regularly remind him, uh, be careful with your social media use. Be sure that when you're sitting, uh, you know, in the cafeteria or you're standing in line for something, like, put your phone down. Say hi to another person. People want to make contact. And young people are very lonely, ironically. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's part of why they're on the phones all the time. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle, right? Yeah. Let's try to give some parent, the parents. Okay. We know there's a problem. Nobody's arguing with that. What can we do to support our children, cousins, whatever? Well, what are some, some things you can help us with? Okay. So, uh, I especially love this question. <clears throat> The first way that parents can help their kids have a healthier relationship with technology is to look in the mirror. Mm. If your face is in your phone all day and you're telling them to put their phones down, then there's already an issue. Mm. Of course, teenagers are uh, teenagers are especially fond of pointing out adult hypocrisy. Um, so, you know, that can be humbling, but it's also really relevant here. Uh, if they're always seeing, and you know, the younger they are, that's another issue because you're really modeling it for them. If your six-year-old sees you all the time holding their phone, they're literally gonna think that's normal adult behavior. Right. The teenagers have already started hearing they should put their phone down, but then if you're telling them to put it down and you're on yours, then you know that uh, decreases the value of the parenting feedback, let's say. So, um, you know, I, I recommend that parents have genuine conversations about this issue with their teens, not from a perspective of you're bad and wrong, but we as human beings all have a challenge now because we're all interconnected 24 seven. You know, nobody voted for that. That just kind of came into our lives. And while these devices are wonderful, like any good thing in life, they need to be used in balance. And so that means modeling the balance yourself. 
try having meals without any devices at the table. If it's too difficult to do that at every meal, then at least say, you know, at dinner or, uh, you know, weekend dinner or something where there's practice eating without taking in some other stuff into your brain. You're feeding yourself and you can talk to other people and that's enough. <laughs> Model doing things together as a family that don't involve screens. Take a walk, go for a hike, play a board game, sit and talk. <laughs> you know, help them see that connecting with others doesn't need to always have a device. They need practice with that. Um, and then, you know, talk to them about how to balance their uh, schoolwork with their social media time. When I was, part of what drew my attention to this when I was a college professor was I heard, started to hear from my best students saying they were deleting, back then it was Facebook, young people are not on Facebook anymore, but they were deleting Facebook and Instagram or Snapchat from their phones during midterms. And that really got my attention. Like, wow, okay, this is this is the problem. That's part of what, that's part of why I'm here is I heard students saying that. So if they know that they have, they can't control themselves, you can delete it. And as anyone who's, who's ever done that before, it doesn't delete your account. It just takes the app off the screen. Right. So I have a few um, thoughts on this. Uh, parents, I have four children um, <laughs> and, uh, from 29 to 21, and we used to play a game. And if you want to try to get from all phone to no phone, it's painful. That's like really painful. So what we did is we played a game where everybody put their cell phone on ring. We took the, 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 the silencer off. We stacked mm. them on top of each other in the middle of the table. And the first person to reach for their phone and pick it up had to do dishes that night. Ah. Amazing how much the phone stayed in the middle of the table. And it became a fun game and not me barking at them all the time. So I think little things, I also tell students that, or parents, when you are have little ones, three, two, three years old, and you're bathing them, even if you put your cell phone in a book or a magazine, so your littles see that you're reading words and <laughs> don't see you on the, the, the phone, that's a healthy monkey see monkey do type thing. And so think about, they want to be just like you. That's right. And if that is you and, you know, we're all probably at some point a little bit drawn to our, our devices. I think it's interesting. I really notice it when students travel because when they don't have Wi-Fi in the sky, they survive. Right. <laughs> and so a lot of times I'll talk to my students, what did that feel like? And I'll ask them to journal instead of having Wi-Fi in the sky. I'm like, journal your thoughts, journal what you, who you are, what you like about yourself. That's right. And it's a beautiful thing. So that is so helpful. Is there any other advice or recommendations you would share with parents? <clears throat> well, one thing we, we didn't really get to talk a lot about neuroscience and I mentioned dopamine, 
um, which is a neurotransmitter um, that our brains produce when we are um, engaged in seeking behavior. So that feeling of when you're searching for something online and you feel really engaged, that's dopamine. You can see it on people's faces at, 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 in Las Vegas, you know, at the slot machines. It's, it's an important uh, neurotransmitter. It helps us find mates and food and shelter and airplane tickets. <laughs> and the, uh, the young developing brain is not finished growing until humans are in their mid-20s. And what's still growing is the prefrontal cortex, which handles self-management and self-control and limits and mature behavior. <laughs> and that's not finished until they're 25. So telling a 13-year-old, just put the phone down, if they don't, it's not just a failure of self-control. Their, their brains are literally, they, they are in the dopamine rush and it's hard for them to just put it down. And so one thing I would recommend is be patient with them. Be patient with yourself. Parents have never parented with these technologies before. We're all learning. So I would say have some compassion for them, compassion for yourself, talk to them about the uh, potentially addictive nature of these technologies and, and work together to set up you know, ask them how much of your day do you actually want to be doing this? Let them come up with a number. They're probably not gonna say seven or eight. Help them have some agency in their relationship with the technology and help them pick some other activities that they might do instead. They're gonna want it on their uh, list of extracurriculars, right? You're not, they're not gonna wanna say, what I did in high school was spend eight hours a day on my phone. That's definitely not going to get them into college or help them have a successful future. Well, thank you. Now, if our listeners wanted to reach out to you, they had questions, um, they wanted to connect, what would be the best way to do that? Okay, so I'll give you two pieces of information. If they're interested in checking out the Carrots and Cake app, um, they your listeners can have uh, a 60-day free uh, trial of the app. So you can go to carrotsandcake.com. So it's all three of those words written out, carrotsandcake.com. And uh, they should use the code word college ready. And then they can get a free download. And uh, the instructions are pretty easy for setting it up on the phone and pad. And if they have any questions, they can be in touch with uh, the other folks on my team. Uh, and if people are interested in learning some more about digital wellness uh, and some of the supports that I can offer to schools and families, they can reach me uh, at GwynethJackawayPhD.com. Excellent. Gwyneth, wow. You are onto something here and we are thankful that you are. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Until next time, listeners, remember... Your students don't know how to be college ready unless we help them. Thank you so much.